Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Josh Schweitzer and Brian Morgan as we talk about their inspirations for preaching and this week's messages in our series entitled Restored. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. Today is uh, a very fun day because we get a group of guys together that probably haven't been together and recorded before ever about preaching. I got no. Josh Schweitzer here, yeah. our student ministry coord- director, not coordinator, only demote you, and then our former student ministry director, <laughs> right, I, <laughs> currently with uh, C. Jesus Ministry, Brian Morgan. Hey, guys, how you, how you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. Fantastic. Good to be here, man. Good. Yeah. Uh, Josh had a huge day yesterday. Brian did not have a car wash right after no. the service, no. but you had more sermons to preach. Right. Yeah. You had 8.15 and I'd much rather take mine than Josh's. Yeah. Josh worked harder than me. For sure. <laughs> that's, that's not true. Hey, that's listen, true. <laughs> it was it was awesome. Yeah, you guys uh, had a lot of fun. Yeah, the youth raised a lot of money, and it was just fun to be with them. And we even uh, had a couple parents stick around to help out. So I thought yeah. that was really cool. Yeah, for those that aren't here uh, on Sunday, weren't here on Sunday, it was Youth Sunday, which means in Classic there was some participation. Uh, you had Mason, uh, Hamer. Mason Hamer was there. Anna Butler was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Vine, it was much, much more of a takeover because the the praise band was probably seventy five percent youth, um, yeah. and which was awesome. And then Josh preached, and we had a great liturgy, folks. But it was, it, you know, good Sunday, big Sunday all around, which is for a lot of churches is is atypical because Sunday after Easter mm-hmm. is typically low low Sunday. But um, having you guys here, uh, I wanted to we, we've we've all three of us have talked at different points. Um, I've talked to both of you guys about preaching ministry. We've recorded here before individually with you guys. Um, so we've talked about your backgrounds. We've talked about the challenges that you know you have with preaching and the difference between preaching and teaching um, things like that. But I want to just talk about inspiration for a moment because I think. Both the preaching ministry and the teaching ministry, you know, it's 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 a creative thing, right? There mm-hmm. is a there is a sense of creativity thing. Brian, last time you were on, we talked with you, me, and Paul talked about the idea of using your imagination as you unpack scripture. But I wonder, do you have like any kind of inspiration that uh, you know as you develop the message, as you develop the sermon, or do you have any kind of go to practices that kind of you know, wind you up as you're getting ready to prepare for either the the, the the writing of it or the presentation of it. What Josh, what about you? I mean like inspiration, practices, what what sort of stuff do you do to kind of get in that headspace? And I joked before, I mean if you say Jesus <laughs> I wanna say it. I wanna so, say that's <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah. Um I hope it's always Jesus for right, all of yeah, us. And the God power of Holy Spirit uh-huh. through through the uh, the practice of prayer is a big deal, but yeah. Okay. Um, great question. I've thought of several answers, so I'll, I'll uh, give you one. Um, when I'm reading, when I'm reading scripture for myself, I'm, I'm trying to approach it like a diamond that has many different facets and see how many mm-hmm. of them I can pick apart. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of scripture, right? Is you can come back to it over and over again. The Holy Spirit will highlight something new. Um, but when I'm uh, thinking about uh, when I'm going to preach to someone. I'm, I'm thinking about uh, 
the particular sheep, and I don't mean that in a diminutive way, but who, to whom am I speaking to, mm-hmm. to, to, to whom, where are they coming from, what are the things that um, they're biased towards, uh, what are the things, what, what's going to encourage them the most, what's going to be the thing that maybe rattles them the most, mm. um, whether it's, it's kind of highlighting uh, some entrenched sin or highlighting where we need Jesus even more. And so, with that in mind, as best as I can approach to whom I'm going to be speaking to, mm-hmm. I'm trying to read the scriptures or find the scriptures that's best going to highlight. Um, so, in, in our case, they give us a series and they give mm-hmm. us the, you know, it's going to be about relationships. Um, and I utilize some of the scripture given, but as typical for me, I, I, I usually... You weren't the only one. Brian did the same yeah, thing. Yeah, so. yeah, and, and <laughs> it makes sense, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, so I get that. I think one of them I use. I think it was the Hebrews one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to come at it from the mind of the hearer. Um, so in youth, I would be coming at it from a different approach. Yeah, as absolutely. I would in any other service. Yeah. 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 What about you, B? So I'm a lot more selfish than that, and I think about <laughs> me first. And d- what is this sermon that I need to hear? So, like for this past one with the restored relationships, I was just thinking, okay, well, what. What relationship do I need uh, to think through some restoration in? And then what's the sermon that that I would preach to myself? Yeah. And I know we're joking saying Jesus, but the, the unique thing about my work is like I'm going out there leading these person Jesus studies like multiple times a day, you know, five, six days a week. So I'm just entrenched in facilitating it a ton and so all that stuff is kind of washing over my mind so i get a lot of different stories um i get a lot of different insights from other people too and so Mm. i can kind of um mine those out and and kind of steal them if they're good uh but then after that i mean i i am honest i I do probably start myself and then i think about the context like where am i Mm -hmm. what group of people am i going to be speaking to and what do i think that that particular context uh needs to hear and then just my style is more how do I just put a highlight on Jesus and try to make a beeline for him as many times as I possibly can because that's what kind of stirs my heart's affection to want to then go out and restore the relationship for this past week is because I'm watching him do it and so he's the master and he's perfect at it and so how do I just follow in that week and what does that look like for me to do it yeah do you guys talk to other people going into prepping a message or or I mean do you do you is it like you know is it just you you get your bible you get whatever commentaries or non-commentaries or whatever and then you just write it out and then you present it do you talk it out with anybody else or do you ever bounce it off of anybody else with with that because you're both you're both kind of saying similar things in terms of you know kind of the creative capacity to think about well what do I need and that that does reflect a lot of what because, you know, one of the things you p- pointed out, Josh, in, in your message is we're not all that different, right? I mean, so we all tend to think we are we, – we all say we're worse than we say we are, but in, internally we tend to think we're better than we <laughs> yeah. are, right? Yeah, we I mean, we, we like to be like the humble brag thing, you right. know? And so if we, you know, if we go to the whole, you know, John Calvin, if I know myself better, I know the Lord better and vice versa, mm-hmm. or you Shakespeare, you know, know thyself kind of thing, that does reflect on other people. But so when you prep a message – um, or you or you have prep a message. Is there any point where you bounce it off of somebody else, or or are there circumstances where you do and circumstances where you don't? Uh, yeah, uh, in this particular case, no. Well, although we kind of talked you know, about ours, yeah, Josh and I had lunch earlier yeah. in the week, and, and we I liked a his bit. idea better. Uh, and I was still kind of fleshing mine out 
at the time and what direction I wanted to go. But um, sometimes if uh, the thing is, I can't read other people's minds. And so, and actually I I love what you said, Brian, is you read it for yourself. I, I'm think of myself as a very bizarre person. My brain, not because I'm better. I'm just a weirdo. So my brain goes weird places when I, when when I'm facing scripture, I, I I often, and the reason I know this is because when I do talk to other people, they're like, what? I didn't, you know, what are you talking about? (laughs) So, so cause I know that about myself, uh, where I land with scripture is going to be pretty different than I think where maybe where a lot of people are coming from. So often I will mine from, from different voices to be like, Hey, where do you land on this particular subject? So I can kind of understand how their mind mm-hmm. works. And so, I mean, this is why I love ministries. I get to spend so much time with people that I can kind of get a grasp of maybe how they're approaching life or what they think inside of their heads. Mm-hmm. And, and to be fair, not everyone in that crowd thinks of themselves as better than they well i would argue they probably still do but there are especially for calvinists would argue well no i'm a worm and a yeah piece yeah of but, dirt. but but because but, julie was like i mean i was sitting there when you said that i was like well that's me i mean i'm the calvinist in the room that you know but but calvinists say that kind of stuff with a pretty big dose of pride that I think I'm so terrible. It's like, I am, I am so confident that I'm so terrible. Aren't I a better person than you that I know how terrible yeah, I yeah, am? That it's, that's yeah. exactly what happens. We get this right. weird boasting so of how much I sin. That's right. Like, well. It's exactly what happens. That's, ex- that's exactly what happens. Yeah. yeah. But so, Paul started it, you know, with yeah. the whole chief of sinners. Right. Now we're yeah. trying to beat him, I think. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Brian? Do you, do you, I mean, you guys talked this week, but, but do yeah. you normally kind of do that? Is that your regular practice, kind of touch base with other folks? Yeah, because it's I, I just I, to the point that for the last time I was here with the pod sometimes you can get more creative in, in the way that I think about it, but I don't want to be I don't want to go rogue on that and be off and start to say things that's not really there yeah. and start to make inferences so I mean I've got a couple people I've got I mean my my mentor is Tim O'Strawbridge he is fantastic but he's just as much out in left field sometimes and so um He's one of them, and he can give me a lot of creative things and different angles to look at stuff. But then I normally always call Kenny Ellis mm-hmm. and kind of roll the idea by him, and just and and he's just always been a great friend to me and really helped me mm-hmm. kind of develop my preaching style uh, when I get a chance to do it. And so Kenny would be another one. And then just coming up here, like talking to Jackie Hansen and Elena, mm-hmm. like I'll bounce ideas off them a little mm-hmm. bit, and then just kind of see how they're reacting. Yeah, because I'm I'm trying to read them too in the mix of that. And yeah. then my wife, I mean. I ask Amanda a lot too, like, hey, how does this sound? Does this seem like it tracks? Because I can, I know one of my weaknesses is not being very easy to track. Like sometimes I can bounce around too much. Yeah. And so I'll ask Amanda, hey, does this seem like it flows? Does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And and it has kind of a cadence and a rhythm to it. Um, And so she's really helpful with me, maybe not as much as the content, but but the rhythm, pace, uh, and then if it flows or not, she's really helpful there too. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I don't. I, mean, I don't talk to anybody. <laughs> I don't talk to anybody about it. I just do it. <laughs> I mean, sometimes Pastor John and I will will sit down and uh, just kind of talk through a few things here and there. But I, I, and maybe it's you know when Kenny was here, he and I talked yeah. a lot about <clears throat> about messages. But a lot of it was because I knew. I was either following him or he was following me in a sermon, and he and I have very different preaching styles, and so that's and different approaches to preaching. And so, um, any reason why you think that is? Like, why you was it just not modeled for you? Did you just? 
why I don't talk to other people about yeah, it. Or, or does it cloud um, maybe what you're thinking? Like how? Does... Yeah, I think it. It really. I get so I I get so I do a lot of like prayer and reading preparation going into every ah, message. He said prayer. We didn't say prayer uh, one time. Yeah, well, ah. Cause I'm more holy than you guys. <laughs> right, That's exactly. why I mean. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so I, prayer. Podcast is over. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, father. No, it's all right. But I, so I, so like, so typically I, I, like I'll go to so the first thing I always do is I go to the scripture that we're we're going to and I and you guys know me I'm a lot more uh, exegetical and expository in my approach I just that's I mean that's the seminary degree I have that's 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 how I was taught um, that's not what was modeled for me a lot because I was in church a long time I you know my dad's a preacher my father in law's a preacher that they, they were not expository preachers not exegetically I mean they were exegetically sound preachers but not. Did not have an expository approach. I'm, I just have a, I don't know. I have I have this 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 pecking kind of reformed theological seminary in my head that's like, well, that wasn't expository enough, you know. And and mm. um, but trying to bring a, a a dynamism that's not typical to a, ref, uh, a expository approach. So so I what happens to me is I get really easily dist- get really easily distracted. So. Um, it's it's almost like you know the metaphor for me is like you know i used to lead worship right and so like what jennifer and hl did before like i that's what i did every week the thing i could not do is i could not have other singers in my headphones like i can't have anybody else singing a, a harmony my wife julie's an, a phenomenal singer people don't know but she she would be like the harmony person in the thing and i I never could hear her because as soon as I heard her harmony, which is beautiful, I'd start to follow that, okay. right? Yeah, and and so it's the same kind of thing. So not that it's not right, but then like what you're talking about, Brian, about tracking. That's when my tracking goes all goes really haywire. Mm-hmm. I mean, just I, I'll get. I'm just not that smart when it comes to those sorts of things. I just I can't kind of like take take somebody else's idea now then like or then, if it's, especially if it's good because then you want yeah. to try to figure out how to weave it in and then and then it, yeah and, and, and when i have done that because there have been times when i have when that has happened i'll tend to think i've done a great job of bringing that all to bringing all the little because like you said there's so many facets josh of every scripture man you could say a thousand things about every scripture and they're all they all could be great perfect mm-hmm. true beautiful but you but but just before we hit record, we were talking about editing. You can't say it all every week, right. and so you got to. One of the things you have to decide as a preacher is what is God calling me to say to this congregation at this time. So yep. it is. We both of you are dead on. It's very contextual. It's what makes this different than one of the themes that John and I always talk about on the podcast is preaching is different. Uh, preaching in a pastoral context, and you guys are both. Uh, leaders in the church, different levels or different types of leaders, but leaders in the church. So you're in the so you're preachers, not itinerant preachers, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not like a guest preacher that we've called to come in. A guest preacher comes in, they preach a message, they don't know the context, right? Right. right? So like they, some of the work that you guys are talking about, they might try to do that work, but they're only going to go so far. Mm-hmm. So, so for us, it's it's really important to say, okay, what does God want me to say? Not not what does God want like somebody else to say that I've got, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. trying to get into somebody else's head. So mm-hmm. 
all that to say is I'm selfish and I think I know best. So, but, no, uh, I, I mean, I, when I was much younger, I would go look up YouTube videos of other preachers that I, yeah. you know, I, I love. But the problem is you try to copy their voice, or I tried to copy their I voice. Did, yeah, the same I pretty yeah. much, and oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't go word by word by any means, but it becomes, and I, and I just said, I don't know if I was wrong in this, but I had this moment of like, well, if God is calling me to be a preacher, you got to find your voice. Am, yeah. am I not going to listen to the Holy Spirit in, yeah. in expectation that He's going yeah. to deliver something yeah. to me? So I better talk to Him a lot more, yeah. and that that actually mm-hmm. encouraged me to pray more. Pray more. Yeah. 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 Way, way to up. backtrack it on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in the the hard part is the pendulum swing because there is to to y'all's point there, and you guys, you you and I, all of us have at various points. Brian, you and I have talked about sermons and about about passages of scripture and and I've asked your opinion you've asked me opinion but I, I if, if I do it in the context of a sermon Josh you and I've talked about theological things if I'm doing it in the context of I, what am I preaching this week then I'm I, I get all over the place I, what I tend to do is to talk about things with people that I'm not directly preaching that week so it just be, it kind of goes into the file cabinet mm-hmm. and it becomes something that influences like you're talking about Brian when you go to the different groups you're mining what's good from other people but yep. it's not necessarily that that's going to show up in a lesson the next right. week or whatever it just <clears> goes into the file cabinet I, I will even I don't know if you guys do this I will when I hear somebody say something like that makes me really think it's really profound or or challenges me to like I'll write it down and oh, yeah. I'll go back to it yep. later and I'll be like, huh, you know, like Josh, you and I have had conversations like that because like, you know, you do look at things differently, which is a great gift. And I'll say, okay, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to come back to that later. Like, I'm, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. like pray through that, do my own research on that and just kind of see what that looks <laughs> sure. like. And, and then take, you know, take, cause God's, God speaks through everybody. So that's, yep. you know, um, that, that are willing to listen to him. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you guys, this week you did both had uh, talking about restore relationships coming into kind of like a, it was, this was a very odd second, I'll be use air quotes, second week in the series, right? Because I don't know that, I think John probably did, and John and I haven't recorded the podcast for Easter. We're going to do that later on. So this is all going to be in, the, people will listen to this in order, but he and I have not talked about Easter Sunday because I was gone last week. But you guys were in a second week in a series that really kind of had it an odd start because we started on Easter Sunday. Yeah. So were there any challenges related to that? I mean, you guys kind of just went into it, hey, we're in the series, but did you mentally kind of have to think, well... I, I don't really want to play up the series concept of it. Was there anything challenging with that to, in, in your mind, or was it just like this is business as usual? I'm just going to approach the scripture. What, what was your take, uh, Brian? Yeah, I think I, I just probably looked at Easter Sunday being more the vertical restoration, like mm-hmm. so what Jesus has done on the cross and then in through his resurrection, and so he's restored relationship with us through that. And then I just looked, okay, second week of the series was restored relationships horizontally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now how do I take what he's done and then try to implement aspects of that, right? And um, and how do I utilize that with my relationships with other people? Yeah. And try yeah. to coach people, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Josh? Did you have any? And you also had the whole Youth Sunday yeah, thing yeah, kind of yeah, rolling into that dynamics, too a lot more. Man. Was, was yeah, that, was absolutely. that it? Because a lot of times we'll do Youth Sunday, and Brian, you've preached on Youth mm-hmm. Sundays, yeah, it's where different. it's just, it is Youth Sunday, yep. and we're preaching to Youth Sunday, right? Yeah. Or we're preaching something youth-related. We didn't, we, I mean, it was a relevant topic for youth and families, and you kind of weave that in there too, but was that an extra level of challenge for That's you? That's why I was, uh, that, even when Brian and I talked, that was kind of the... I was. I still didn't have it kind of formed in my head because I was 
questioning do i just focus on the the horizontal like you said or do i need to kind of hit some of the vertical and ultimately through prayer and thinking about to whom i was speaking to in my head i went well a lot of these people might be showing up because their students are here yeah Mm -hmm. so they might not have been here in easter yeah or they're um unfortunately what sin does to us is it dulls things we've heard before and so they might have tapped out mentally or or whatever the case is so i wanted to hit a little bit of both Mm -hmm. um or at least have them questioning do you really, really you know, know do you really have this restored thing mm-hmm. between you and God because if that isn't there then the horizontal is meaningless and that yeah. was kind of what I was hoping to get across is we're not even doing the horizontal very well unless we're like yeah by the grace of God clinging on to Jesus and seeing it modeled and being transformed by her well first. see and that's where that whole thinking through the context both in terms of the people and the timing because it is youth sunday and because there are quite a few students who don't go to church here mm-hmm. on a sunday whose parents don't go yep. to church anyway so you're having to think like whereas in brian's case you know you're you're dealing in the classic service and and you know there are people that come in and that are unbelievers but for the most part i mean you're really talking to an audience when you say jesus when you say things like you know, demon possession, it doesn't like throw them for a loop. Whereas right. you're talking to people who don't go to church, whoa, wait a minute, whoa, yeah. what, what did I just step into? Uh, that's a different animal. And you have to kind mm-hmm. of think through the salvation story a little bit more more fully. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I felt the challenge for you, Josh, <laughs> more, which is why I don't preach on you Sunday. Because <laughs> I'm like, man, this is, this, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weaving act to get it all together. And to put it all together, which is probably why I went long. Uh, <laughs> to, to Zach's earlier point of like, you can't say everything. I I took the challenge upon myself to try to, try to say, yeah. try to say everything. But, but to be fair, now I yeah. I do tend to go to around forty minutes on a on a normal. Yeah, that's just me. That's my style. Um, but I knew it would go a little longer. But I, because there was there in particular to the illustrations I gave, I I thought about do I cut some of those? Do I yeah. not? I just and maybe I was wrong, but to me it was like I really want these illustrations there because I think that's that's a visual I can leave them with yeah. of of really the imbalance of our sin yeah. and and the lack of goodness in us and so and you guys both so where you landed both of you guys landed on how Jesus interacts with uh, individuals who have some relational restoration to do. I was, I, I, it was interesting when I, cause I knew the passages that were kind of selected and they were kind of real high level passages. Right. Mm-hmm. So y'all went into narrative structure with Jesus. And I was really, it was really both of you when you, when, when you went uh, to the, to the Luke 19, Josh and Zacchaeus, I'm thinking, okay, let's see where he's going to go with that in relational restoration. And then you, especially uh, Brian, when you start talking about the demon possession and Legion, I'm like, okay, wow, this is going to be good. But you both, hit it like so well in terms of talking about folks who were societally so marginalized for very different reasons although i mean spiritually similar reasons Mm -hmm. where zacchaeus was being was being uh driven and guided by his greed and and you know maybe what maybe acting out of you know some sort of marginalization he was feeling otherwise whereas legion is being overwhelmed by actual you know <laughs> demonic demonic forces right. um but what that would have been what what that would have meant to the their relational status you know wh- 
I go to each of you guys. What was it about those passages that really jumped off the page? Brian, I'll start with you with like the the restoration uh, theme there. I just think one, it's re- it, <clears throat> because Jesus ends up leaving that area afterwards. It seems like he goes on this trip just for him, yeah, just for Legion, <clears throat> which is just significant to me. And then when he restores Legion and puts him back in his right mind, I just had such a blast thinking about what that conversation was like for Jesus and him as he's sitting at Jesus's feet. And however long that conversation went, but Jesus knows that he's not going to allow him to go with him because Legion wants to go with Jesus and he doesn't allow him to do it. He says, no, you're going to stay here. And I, and again, it's not, it's not particularly there, but I just think I think Jesus is coaching them up on how to how to move forward. How are you going to mm-hmm. go back to this community of people who have ostracized you? Some of which was your own doing; it was your own fault, and then some of it is on them too for for not being compassionate towards him. And think about how challenging and difficult that's got to be mm-hmm. for him to go back in there and talk to those people and try to apologize and restore those relationships. But I just think he experienced something about the grace of God from Jesus that now he's just going to go, okay, I'm going to gonna try to extend that to this community. Uh, and I just love thinking about how those conversations went, yeah. you know, I mean, how he's received. It'll be fun to talk to him in heaven. Well, I think it was cool too. And, and this obviously you didn't get to <clears throat> preach on, and I wonder, and it just, I, I was in my head I, when I was watching it I was thinking man I wonder if he had more time would he talk about this concept of you know so many of the miracles of Jesus what does he do at the end of the miracle he tells them not to say anything but in this case he specifically says go and tell people what God has done for you was, yeah. there, was there something there that you would have added to that like to talk about because to me I'm thinking man that's a whole other sermon but how how interesting is it in this one case mm-hmm he says, no, 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 I want you to go out and tell people, even though you're probably ostracized and even though people are going to be freaked out that you're in their community again because you, you know, you've know, you been beating up people. Mm-hmm. And Was there anything in there with that that you were like, yeah. oh, man, there's something there's something in that comparison between what the messianic secret or you know whatever, which is all about timing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, and in this case, he's not worried about the timing. Yeah, I, I did think about that, like – just how different sometimes his approaches is when he does something like even the woman in Mark 5 that has the bleeding issue he does that miracle in front of everybody that's front row seat for that thing and and it seems like um, that's on display for people and in other cases like you said he says hey don't tell anybody so I'm not uh, good enough with the time frame of everything because it seems like later on in Jesus' ministry he's more free to say hey Go ahead to tell whoever you want. Yeah. Early on, earlier on in his ministry, he doesn't. He he wants the ability to maneuver how he wants, and then when people start finding out what's going on, it just hems him in. Not only politically, but from the religious leaders yeah. too. You know, they're on kind of a hunt for him, and so he's got to walk this tightrope of where he can go and in, in the timing of all of it. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So I mean, I did have some of that dynamic. Yeah. In there. Well, and also too, you mentioned the Gentile <clears throat> thing too in in the yeah, beginning of the where message. Where they are I mean, in the Decapolis, because like the the Gentiles had did not have a 
at least as far as except for anything they may have heard from their Jewish neighbors who were not really super clean Jews because they, they wouldn't have talked to them anyway. Yeah. But this idea of a Messiah, they they weren't anticipating the Messiah. Right. So there's this more there's more freedom in that area um, to say, hey, you know, tell everybody you want because they're not they're not going to make me king by yeah. force anyway because they don't right. they don't really care, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just thought that was an interesting always that takeaway of their their broken relationship with this guy because of their lack of compassion or because and because of his own demonic yeah, possession doing, you know yeah. bringing in there you no know, he was wreaking havoc yeah 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 so you josh you went to to later passage in luke both luke's gospel um which i thought was cool that you guys were both kind of honing in on how jesus restores relationships in the gospel but very jewish context in luke chapter 19 so what was it about that zacchaeus story that really um, compelled you with this concept of restored relationships there? Well, I'd, I'd been jumping between that and the parable of the prodigal son. And and I and I actually wanted to hit both of the sons in particular, because yeah. I think, um, you know, depending on how you want to read the particular situation, the elder son kind of being due the, to the Jews, yeah. uh, the younger son maybe being the Gentiles, maybe being yeah, a younger generation of Jews. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of take it any... Mm-hmm. Um, but after sitting with Brian and kind of hearing um, where he was going, um, just felt... Like, I love parables, but I think I just felt like I wanted to actually step into a scenario where Jesus is there in person interacting yeah um and culturally we love canceling each other and ostracizing one another mm. for whatever reason church people love doing that sure. non-church people love doing that and so i think what, what a cool story of bringing the canceled person yeah you know and yeah. being the most intimate with that person and then watching the love of Jesus explode yeah. out of his life. Well, and the, and the absolute risk that it takes on mm-hmm. Jesus, you know, because that that you know, you're getting later into his ministry, right? You're getting later into his his earthly life, you know, kind of coming to an end, and yet he takes an opportunity and to to really you know take that risk for the sake of this this guy that is absolutely unworthy of that mm-hmm. risk being taken of him. I mean, because when what struck me when you. And again, you know, I've, obviously, my name is Zach, and I'm also a short person, so I, that story has been thrown in my face quite a bit. So I've, I know that story pretty well. But one of the things that struck me uh, was that, you know, when when Zacchaeus offers to pay four times back of oh. anything he's cheated people out, I'm thinking, how much has he cheated people <laughs> that he is not bankrupting himself by doing this? I mean, yeah. that's what really like that's, I'm thinking. This guy after he gives half of it to the pool. That's poor. yeah. Because so I'm thinking, and, and, then, yeah. And then I went Dude. back. I went back and relooked at the passage, and you had done it. And you mentioned it, but he's not just a tax collector, the right? Chief, he's the he's like a regional guy, right? He's like, so he's like taking, he's skimming off the top from what other people have already skimmed off the top. Yeah. And, and we're not talking about skimming either. We're talking about a lot. So just, that's what really, that kind of struck me is, is this guy's not just a pariah. Yeah. I mean, this is Bernie Madoff, well, right? Yeah. This is like, <laughs> well, this it, is like. It's why I don't think when, when Jesus chooses Matthew, it doesn't say he's like rich, it, it, but for Zacchaeus, it particularly goes yeah. out of its way to say, no, this guy had a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and, you know. And, and, From cheating people. For, absolutely. And, yeah. and you pointed out cheating his 
own people. Mm-hmm. He's not. I mean, if he was cheating the Gentiles, I don't think the Jews Jews would have cared that much, right? I mean, yeah. they'd be like, yeah, well, they're they're dirty Gentiles anyway, so it doesn't matter. Well, mm-hmm. two things. One, uh, just so you know, Zach, uh, the the average. Uh, an Israelite would have been five six. So for, yeah, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a giant. I'm yeah. a giant. So you're a giant <laughs> to them. And two, if, if Zacchaeus is smaller than them, imagine yeah. he's a four eight. Yeah. So you're good. You're good. Yeah, to go. You're good. a monster compared to them. Um, <laughs> uh, secondly, I've um, owned it. I've owned it by now, right? <laughs> one of the stories, and I didn't. I didn't say it because uh, I wasn't looking to to bristle everybody in the room. But years ago, I went to this conference, and uh, it was called Elephant in the Room. So mm-hmm. as you can imagine, every single subject was about every big, 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 yeah. controversial, <clears throat> con- I mean, including um, uh, trans, including uh, 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 sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had all these different guest speakers in particular um, talk about um, homosexuality um, and what it means to love God but not live the lifestyle, how uh, some had chosen not to be preachers because even though they had said no, they still felt like blah blah blah. Other others had said no. God, it's why is this any different? So it was awesome because you had this like really cool spectrum of different speakers. Well, one couple in particular had moved to, um, I think it was Britain, and uh, they there was this one quarter uh, section, and I don't remember where it was, where it was essentially where all kind of the gay and homosexual individuals would live and kind of. And there was no church there. If there was, it was some, you know, kind of universalist sort of thing. And so this couple decided to move into the midst of that and start their ministry there. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing the conversations after this person had said that. There were so many people who were going, well, isn't that condoning what they're blah, 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 blah. And the the thought that came to my mind was Jesus was Zacchaeus is – is no 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 we've we've you know whether it's we've ostracized them because they're 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 lepers and they have skin disease or they're uh, demonic and crazy mm-hmm. so we gotta go chain them up somewhere or 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 they've betrayed us we love to kind of push people away to, to get their messiness out of our our periphery mm-hmm. and and then even when Jesus steps into it the audacity yeah. for him to to you know, smudge himself and, and and mess himself up with that. And so I was, I don't know, that was in the back of my oh, mind where, where Jesus goes, but I came for the loss. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. how wonderful was it to, to plant yourself in the midst of that and go, well, everyone needs Jesus. Why are we going to yeah. avoid these people? Because like, they're different yeah. than you, you know? And so, yeah, that's, that, that's kind of what I was when I, I One of the things that you that's guys good, both Josh. had com- in common but said it differently, which I, I wrote down because I, I, I obviously listened to Josh's first because I was in the room and then I heard yours online, uh, Brian, is you both use this idea of, you know, getting into the – and Josh used the term getting into the mess, right, of people. And, and Brian, you're, you got that the, – use the term of getting low with people, right? And and both from the frame – from the standpoint of not just this was what model is modeled for us, right? Because there's, there's a temptation sometimes to moralize Jesus. And obviously – there is a there's moralistic qualities to Jesus that are emulate that you, we are ought to emulate right, but it's it, what you both did. I think was brilliant in terms of gospel centering it and not making it moralistic. Is 
we get into the mess with other people because Jesus got in the mess with us, right? Mm-hmm. We get low with other people because Jesus got low with us. And we, we make it more like, no, no, we are the terrible, awful, no good sinners. Yeah. Like, we are the leper. We are the demoniac. You know, um, we are Zacchaeus. We, you know, uh, we have cheated. We have lied. And, and Josh, your point, we, we give ourselves moral credit for things we wish we did but don't actually do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I have really, I mean, convicting stories about seeing the homeless guy on the road thinking, man, I ought to give that guy the $5 in my pocket and then just driving right through yeah. the, the, but I felt better because I thought about it, right? <laughs> you would really love this and then, and then, and, Good for you, Zach. And, 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 then, and, and, then, and then, you know, who, who shows up in my head is John Calvin saying, yeah, you are terrible, right? <laughs> but it, it is that idea of the lowliness that we are extending towards others and the messiness that we're getting into with us it's not because we're coming from this place of strength right no. it's because we have been approached from our weakness right and that's both of you guys brought that that narrative into the gospel because again there's the the moral moralizing of Jesus stories which is fine i get it but it's not a these are not fables that have morals to them. Right. They do have morality implications, but it's not because we're just following Jesus because he's good. We're, 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 we are transformed by Jesus because he is good and we're not. Amen. And, and I, I, I just thought that was a great you know, kind of way to take those stories and not make them moralistic and make them gospel-focused yeah. and gospel-centered. Because Joseph of Arimathea... He really is transformed. That guy should not touch a dead body. No, absolutely. He never does anything like that. Yeah. Right? Nicodemus is with him in John 19. I think it says that they're together. They go ask for the body of Jesus or body of Jesus from Pilate. And so what they do is so far out of the norm for them. Mm-hmm. Right? But they're just transformed. And it's, and it's not just because they saw Jesus do that. And so they, you know, it's not because they saw Jesus touch lepers, which he did. It's because Jesus touched them. Yeah. Yep. And Jesus met them where they were at. And I, mm-hmm. I think, and the same thing, it's like, Josh, one of the things that you really point out is uh, Jesus didn't just preach to Zacchaeus. I mean, he could have just talked to Zacchaeus in the tree and said, go be different, but he doesn't do that, right? He says, I know I'm going to break bread. I'm going to be in your house. Out. I'm going to take a risk. And it's that, and there's, we, and in both cases, I love this, this is where your imagination has to go is like, we have no idea what Jesus said to Zacchaeus. Yeah, well, yeah, and we actually don't know the follow-up conversation with the with the. Are we ever given a name to the guy with Legion is not. Is no, that's just the thing. That Legion, yeah, no, no, not, we're not. We're right. not. Yeah. No, so whatever name. the gentleman's yeah. name is, I will say Billy because that seems right. <laughs> uh, um, we don't know, and I actually like that because I think part of what it's doing is it's going. It's not the words that Jesus then says. Yeah. It is being with Jesus that is the transformative. A mm-hmm. catalyst there, right? It is meeting yeah. the Son of God and and just having a new heart planted in there that that you know the dead to life and and I love that because I think so often we're looking for the ten things Jesus said that's and it's yeah, like what what's the yeah, word order or or like yeah. that. It, because it would be different for each person but the same heart right yeah. I mean if it was and and you do you see it I mean you talked about Joseph and Arimathea but we could look at the woman at the well in, in John chapter four we could look at the previous chapter John three and how he talks to Nicodemus these are two mm-hmm. very different people dealing at very 
very different, you know, religious background levels. But what does Jesus do? What's the thing that Jesus does? He just is with them. He talks to yeah. them. He 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 shoots straight with them. But he talks to them very differently. Well, yeah. So there's so, not ten things that so, you can say so to every side person. Is right? Principles I can grab your moralism. Yeah. The other side is the person of actual Jesus yeah. is the, the trans- heart. Yeah, is yeah, it's the, yeah, it's that. Yeah. It's the openness to you know, kind of be disrupted. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the the challenge, I'll speak for myself, the challenge I face is the the ability to have my schedule disrupted, yeah, my time disrupted, my, and other people have other challenges to that relational messiness. And um, you guys both kind of talked a little bit about some of those challenges that we face, but it's that heart of being disrupted, not for my own sake, not so I feel good about myself. You do feel good about yourself if you model Jesus and that's all right yeah. but it, that's not the purpose the purpose is to get involved because Jesus has gotten involved with us so mm-hmm. uh, last question I kind of want to ask and I, I I love to ask people who are jumping into series and they're not you know they're you know this is this is the thing this is their contribution to a given series if you were to play this out not the whole series that we're currently doing but if you were to play out this series um, on and, and make it all about relational restoration. Let's just say the whole series is re- relational restoration. What are some of the other things that, you, and not necessarily scripture passages, but if things pop in your mind, that would be great. But but just what are some of the other to 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 jump off of that being with Jesus things that you would want to bring up in yeah. you know weeks you know the next week and the next week and then it looks like I would, I'll play this out for another 25 or 30 minutes or in Josh's case 45 minutes you know but but you know like, and I, and I, I still had some that I chopped yeah. in the moment I went I was gonna go more into that I'm like I can't I can't but, I but what, what other aspects of that uh, restor- relational restoration would you would like to unpack what about you Josh Brian I, f- I felt like yours you talked about uh, you highlighted forgiveness a lot kind of mm-hmm. what it means to forgive and I think later in the series this is what makes it hard for me to step into a series is i got to look at the rest of the series and go am i stepping on toes later yeah because i don't want to take you know do too much on one and then the rest of them like okay well we already talked about this thanks josh um and i thought towards the end of it there is loving the outsider or your neighbor or no or the the outsider the outsider the outsider okay yeah so we did kind of touch touch on on that a little bit yeah um but uh, love your enemy, right? Like that would be mm. that would, and then just spend some time defining what it, what is an enemy. Because in our heads, we think it's somebody trying to point a gun to our face, and it may be that. But I think we have more enemies than oh, yeah. than we think. Again, and we build up this illusion, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I, I would talk about that. I, I think forgiveness could be a series in of itself. What yeah. it means to actually well, work yeah. through the grittiness of letting go. Because sometimes it's like a warm blanket just to hold on to that bitterness yeah. and to just be like, I feel so vindicated by it because mm-hmm. they are a terrible person. Mm-hmm. And you're becoming just like that. You're modeling yourself after the bitterness you're allowing to grow in you. Yeah. And I just, Jesus, one of the things he talks about all the time is freeing people. Yeah. I want to be, I want to be free. For, like, I don't want the rest of my life to be chained to things. So I, yeah. I would go, I would talk about okay. that a little bit more. Good. But what about you, Brian? I think I'd take two, uh, restoring relationship with yourself. I think mm. when you think about depression and anxiety and just how many people don't really enjoy being themselves. Mm. I mean, that's one of the questions that I ask, like just around town, just going to coffee shops or whatever, like the cashiers and stuff. As I begin to develop some relational equity, it's just, hey, do you like being you? Mm-hmm. And it is pretty astounding how often people say, no, no. Yeah. I don't like being me. Really? Yeah. And so... 
the ability to kind of grab hold of Jesus' righteousness and apply that to yourself, and then which then allows you to be able to enjoy yourself, right, in this new kind of new creation that you are in Christ. And so I, I think restoration with ourselves, uh, however that would look, and then I just. For whatever reason, man, my heart just breaks for the LBGTQ plus community. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just not coming to our churches. I mean, mm-hmm. so how do you restore relationship or even begin relationship with people that have such a different definition of gender or sexuality or how all that works? Um, because they are, I mean, you are seeing a lot of these like super, super liberal churches popping up where these people feel welcome there, but they don't feel welcome. I'm not saying FPC, but in our more reform clusters, they're, yeah. they're not here. And so why? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is, where are we missing? Mm-hmm. Why do they not feel comfortable just being in our presence? And um, and so I, I just, socially too, as a society, I just think we've got to, we've got to figure out how to build some bridges and restore at least just communication. Yeah. Like, can we just at least restore it to the point where we can have a dialogue with one another? We can disagree. Because we're going to, yeah, <laughs> right? But we can at least respect one another, treat each other with dignity, and have a dialogue about this. Um, and that's why for a long time I was just praying. I'm like, Lord, give me a transgender friend because mm-hmm. I don't know how to love transgender people. I need practice at that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think the church would do well, Not again, not just FPC, but capital C church on how do you engage that group of people and yeah. restore some relationship there. Yeah, that's, a, that's interesting. Yeah. Very challenging. Yeah, but I, and one of the things I one of the things that you said, Brian, in your message, and I'm thinking, man, this is this is such a big part of this whole conversation. And and obviously the series that we're in is trying to touch on the facets of restoration that happen all the way around and, and some of it's you know, you know, we're restored, you know, uh, relationally. We're gonna talk this Sunday about being what does it mean to have restored bodies and not just not just in the new heavens and the new earth, but what does it mean to think of our bodies in different ways? It kinda goes to how we, we view not just sexuality. I mean we kind of just hone in on the sexuality piece right. of that, right? Whereas to say, no no no, you know, Romans twelve, you know, it's offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, everything, hands, feet, whatever. But one of the things you talked about, Brian, um, and you just mentioned it I think he had like maybe two sentences on him. Like, man, that's a whole series right there. Is the idea of the restored relationship when reconciliation isn't possible, right? Because forgiveness is a one-way street. Reconciliation is a two-way street. Yep. And you you said it similarly to yep. that, right? I can forgive somebody, but that doesn't mean the re- the relationship's going to be restored because they, in terms of full restoration. But how do I? you know get over the the bitterness and the anger and the and not cycle back into unforgiveness mm-hmm. because the reconciliation isn't possible mm-hmm. to the do you know what yeah. i'm saying like yeah it doesn't have strings attached to it doesn't it. have strings attached to it and 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 so to me i think that's something that a lot of churches don't deal with because it's it's you use your terms messy and it mm-hmm. it requires a lot more uh it requires a lot more spiritual and emotional discipline and 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 work um to be done because what we tend to do is say forgiveness always leads to reconciliation when in reality it doesn't and especially if you're dealing i mean and paul talks quite a bit about unequally yoked partners um he talks about uh, one of his one of his standards for divorce to the corinthian church is not just sexual immorality but if an unbelieving spouse divorces a believing Mm -hmm. spouse the believing spouse has every right not 
not to to allow the divorce because mm-hmm. the unbeliever can't be treated like a believer. So there's no reconciliation there. What is that? You know what I'm saying? So there's odd yeah. things in there. That to me is a profound uh, thing that doesn't get talked about a lot. You guys both mentioned great things as well too. So you have like a whole series right there on relationships <laughs> and four or five weeks on it. But but uh, but yeah, I, I I just think there's a lot a lot to this topic that 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 needs that could be said you know mm-hmm. that could be said because yeah. um and we do say that too i'm not saying we don't we we hit that in different ways we've done relationship series here in yeah. the past um and there's always room to do because the one thing that we all have in common is we're all in relationships in one way or another with other people mm-hmm. yeah and it's just a matter of what's that what's the quality of those relationships what's the godliness of those relationships and how does that play so out it's funny you probably in it will be interesting how long you'll have to go before you'll have to preach a series on how to stay in relationships with people because you get so digital and we're doing community over social yeah. media and all the technology and stuff that no you actually got to be in the messiness of this thing too well and i tell you it's really tough and, <clears throat> and this is we'll part on this but i, I think we talk about messiness i was in just before the earlier this morning you know uh someone comes in and and they, they're part of our church uh, but but the pandemic really did a number you know did, before the pandemic they were they were in community with people here they were showing up Sundays they were showing up Wednesdays they had friends in the church um, and since the pandemic they've just developed this massive social anxiety disorder mm-hmm. um, because of some because of some brokenness that they've not experienced in the church praise God I was I kept waiting for that to bomb it. I was like, please Lord let us not have messed this up but no it wasn't it's because of some of the stuff that's happening at the job site and things yeah. like that and and I you know my heart breaks for this person and and thinking what can we do to be a restorative force in their life but this is a long I mean these are long haul yeah. type type things and and one of the things we don't tend to do super well in the big C church is, is look at the long haul with people, mm-hmm. with individuals or with groups. And you talk about the LGBTQ community. That's, that's one of the reasons I think we suck at it is because we don't, we don't want to get, we want to just categorize, you know, mm-hmm. and, and instead of saying, Hey, you know what? You are a person, <laughs> a person that God created for whom Jesus died. Yeah. And it's my calling to be in relationship with you. And it's going to be hard. Yep. And we don't like hard, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, guys, we could talk for a lot longer, and I'm sure people would love to hear us talk. But uh, appreciate you guys coming in. If you, anybody missed either Josh, Josh's message or Brian's message, uh, you feel free to head to our website, fpclakeland.org. Go to the worship page, the sermon archive tab, watch complete services. Um, and if you've missed any one of our episodes of Armchair Preaching, be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Subscribe, like it, share it with your friends. Amen and amen. Yeah, amen. <laughs> questions, <laughs> Josh, Brian, thank you guys yeah, so much thanks, for hanging yeah. out. Appreciate it's it, a really great conversation. Honored. And, and uh, we'll see you guys all next time.